Rocking with your host, Christina Garcia, spiritual life coach, sound healing practitioner, former registered nurse, and your ultimate hype girl in the house. Yes. <laughs> I hope that you guys have been enjoying season two so far. I've had some really fabulous guests, and it's only con- going to continue to get better from here. So today, I'm rocking solo. Solo Dolo, and I want to talk to you guys today about self-discovery and self-mastery. Now, this is important because it is what I schedule and function my entire coaching business around. And this is not to try to sell you. This is just try to give you some some introspection as to why it's important for you. And you don't need a coach. You don't need a guide to be your own self-master, to be a guide in your own life. But sometimes it just helps. It helps to have someone see perspective of what you see from an observer point of view. And that's what a true coach should be doing. They should be helping you see that they are no different from you, that they are always in the constant evolvement of healing and leveling up and elevating and activating, but it is about the authority and about the calling that we have to pursue that with boundaries, right? And I talked about saying yes to saying no in the first episode of this season, so go back and check that out if you're interested about learning about boundaries. So in self-discovery work, I have found in my own life that the more and the deeper I get with getting to know myself, the closer I become to achieving self-mastery. And you're probably like, what, girl, what does that mean? Tell me more. So self-discovery work is basically getting to know yourself. We spend so much time distracted by other people in our life modeling for us what it looks like to be a caring person, right? Codependency at its finest is when we decide that someone else's values, well-being is more important than our own. And this happens a lot with firstborns. I am a firstborn. I'm one of seven, y'all. My dad and my mom actually divorced when I was 10. And then my dad remarried and had three more with his uh, new wife. Well, she's not new anymore. She's much, they've been together for a long time. My parents have been separated now for coming up on 25 years, y'all. So anyways, as the older child, we are meant to lead the way to pave the way, to set the example. And we are left taking care of the home. I know culturally, 
Filipinos put a lot of pressure on their eldest children. I see it in my mom. I've seen it in my grandpa and the burdens that he's carried as the oldest in his family and other members of my extended family. So basically what happens here is as the oldest child, you are set with expectations. Expectations that we don't even understand how to meet, but we are being put in a broiler of meeting them anyway. For example, growing up, I was the oldest out of all of my cousins and it is to be expected that the eldest Filipino woman of the grandchildren takes care of dishes. Okay, so whenever we have a huge family gathering, which y'all Filipinos get down, don't get me wrong, I love our Filipino gatherings, but I despised what came at the end of it because I knew when dinner was over, it was up to the oldest to clean it up. And let me tell you, I did that for years, for years and years and years and years and years. And it was just this feeling of there'd be times where I knew I didn't want to do it. And I would think to myself, God, this is so unfair. Why in the hell do I have to always be the one to wash the dishes? But it was a responsibility that was placed on me that was culturally expected that I fulfilled. And that is one of the first times that I decided to put somebody and something else or other people before myself. And not in a selfish way, right? Because we're serving others, we're supporting our family. But what that ends up doing is then it models for the individual, for the child, that it is more important to take care of others than to listen to yourself. And I couldn't speak up because also culturally, you do not talk back to your elders, right? You don't talk back to your elders. I don't know. Lots of other cultures are probably very similar, but in ours, you don't question authority. When they tell you what to do, you do it without question and you do it happily. And so for a long time, I've I faked wanting to do it. And though I felt good in some instances, some other times I felt very cheated and I felt like it was unfair. And those kind of emotions, when you're not able to talk about it, when you're not able to ask questions and be the curious human beings we are set to be on this earth, it becomes suppressed. It comes, it turns into loss of identity because then you are so focused on making sure everybody else is taken care of that then you forget to take care of yourself and you turn into a hot mess of a burnout and I've done that many times not even just as a child but even as a mother and mothers can relate to this as well and so self-discovery became very important to me when I started to see specific patterns in my life show up that I didn't like seeing I didn't like seeing that I was willing to always give up my values to make somebody else happy happened a lot in my relationships a lot I believed that in order to be happy in a relationship I had to be submissive and own up to everything that the male wanted me to do if he didn't want me going out to parties I didn't go if I was wearing a skirt that was too short and he didn't approve I didn't go and to me that was me being obedient because I thought that that's what it meant to be in relationship 
and I know a lot of you are shaking your head right now and say, oh, sis, girl, what the hell are you thinking, right? Yes, believe me, I'm telling, I'm telling my inner child the same thing, like, girl, girl. So fast forward years later, and I'm seeing myself repeating these patterns over and over and wondering why relationships aren't working, wondering why I am so depleted, wondering why I'm so unhappy. And it wasn't until I started really digging deeper into who I was. Why did I become that way? I got curious. I got curious with myself. And I was like, yo, it can't be like this. There's got to be something bigger in this picture of who I am. And so self-discovery is just a way that you get to ask yourself deeper questions about you. You get to understand and start making connections with the patterns that you're creating in your life and asking probing questions as to why it's happening and really dissecting, pulling it apart, what that looks like. So to me, I have developed seven different ways that you can achieve self-mastery through self-discovery. And the very first one that I came up with was self-awareness. It's a conscious recognition of one's personal ability to focus on the inner emotions and dialogue a person has, ourself has. Now, this is usually rooted out of the subconscious mind, I don't know if you know this, but 96% of our daily operations, thoughts, processes, ideations come from the subconscious mind. Only 4 to 6% come from consciousness. So imagine that. Okay, sit on that for a second. You are literally operating on autopilot based on narratives, experiences, and stories that your subconscious has stored that you tell yourself on a daily basis reinforced with the experience that you have in this lifetime. And we continue to create the same issues, the same patterns over and over again because we're unaware that it's happening. It's not until we hit a point where we're on, we're out of alignment, where we see ourselves in the mirror or we are looking around at a messy home, us being an emotional mess and things falling apart, do we start to really understand that there is something here not working. So the first step to any type of self-discovery is becoming aware. How aware of you? Where are you consciously putting your effort into what is happening in your life and what you're creating? We are powerful co-creators with this universe. So powerful. We were meant to be on this earth so that we can have a human experience to divinely create. That's what we're on this earth for. But how can we do that when we are caught up in our own mess? And I'm not to say that messiness isn't beautiful because there is beauty in the mess. However, when you are caught in a cycle and it becomes exhausting and you're in autopilot, you then run out of purpose. And this is when a lot of my clients find themselves looking in the mirror and not recognizing who they are. They remember themselves as this fun, loving, energetic being. And then all of a sudden they look in the mirror and they can't even recognize themselves anymore because they've gotten so far away from who that person was. They've lost, lost consciousness of it and they're no longer aware of that person. But the good news is, is it takes rediscovering. 
her, rediscovering him, rediscovering it or they, right? Like that's, that's where the self-awareness comes from. And then we dive into the second one, which is self-exploration. It's dissecting and analyzing self-behaviors, patterns, and emotions. So I already kind of talked about that. But once you become aware, then you get to start making some exploratory um, exploratory discoveries about your behaviors and your patterns. Because here's the thing. You create a habit and the habit becomes something you do on a daily and then eventually it becomes a behavior and then it's who you classify yourself by so let's say like working out right not everybody loves working out and maybe you've gone from not working out for five years and then you're trying to start it back up I mean holidays are coming around you know new year's is all about the new me right but I don't believe in that but holidays come around you're like okay it's time for me to work out again and you get yourself in the gym, right? And then you increase that. So then it becomes a habit. You start going three days a week and then five days a week. And then before you know it, you're going seven days a week. Woo, good for you. For all y'all who go seven days a week, y'all are my heroes. <laughs> but then, so that one thing that became a habit is now what you associate yourself with. Now it's solidified into your subconscious mind that you are a fit guru right like you are your behavior has now turned into fitness and that's a positive type of behavior let me give you an example of a negative behavior okay i'm gonna dive into my personal life so with relationships i seek validation outside of myself which is a whole nother topic that we can get into later but my behavior in relationships is instead of confronting the issue Instead of being real, authentic, and honest with my partner when I am unaligned to the progression of our relationship, I will lie to myself and lie to my partner as if things are working and then I'll do my own thing on the side. Meaning, yes, I have cheated in my past. And what that ends up doing is not only is it detrimental to me, but then it ends up hurting a lot of people in the end, including myself. Not to mention the other person that is also involved or the other people that are involved. But this is a pattern of mine that I have acquired over time that I have explored after assessing and being aware that it was even happening. And so then you go into the third type of... Uh, self-mastery which is self-discovery so you're using insight gathered from the awareness and the exploration to make the connection so once I figured out that that was something that I did on a frequent not frequently but it happened of times in my life that I was like yo this is like not working for me it's not working for me it's not working for the people around me and it's I'm in like literally creating chaos out of this sense that I don't know how to disappoint somebody. That's that's it. It's finally when I started digging deeper, it was like the reason why I'm scared to tell somebody that I'm unaligned or that I'm not happy and that I'm ready to leave them is because I am deathly afraid of disappointing somebody else. Again, this goes back to the expectations of being a firstborn. You disappoint your authority, you disappoint your parents, 
and you automatically self-loathe, right? I was never taught how to cope in that way. So I would beat myself up, beat myself up. And instead of beating myself up for hurting someone, I would rather keep it a secret. It sounds so silly when I talk about it, but keep it a secret so that I can avoid confrontation. I can avoid hurting someone and failing at something. So I'd rather be dishonest with myself, which we all know dishonesty only lasts so long before the truth actually comes out. So then it's about once you discover what the problem is, then it's about inviting the fourth step, which is self-understanding. Using the connections to formulate reasonings behind redirecting and responding. So we have the tendency when we are not in the work of self-discovery to be reactive, right? We are reactive beings. And it's about understanding your patterns, being aware of them enough that then you invite compassion in and pause in to respond accordingly. And when you hear the word respond, it's just more controlled. And we have the control. A lot of times when we are spiraling, we feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have control over this. Like I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Anxiety builds. Then you go into a panic attack. Believe me, I've been there several of times. I had to take time off of work last year after my divorce because I was literally having panic attacks because I couldn't self-regulate. I didn't know how. And I didn't know how to take care of myself in a way that truly mattered the way true self-love really matters I'm not talking about taking yourself out to get your nails done or get your hair done. no self-love to the point of like holding space for yourself creating boundaries for yourself that's what healthy self-love looks like so I was going through all of this and re- and um, reacting in a way that was tearing me down and tearing those around me down And so it was about the self-understanding part is about inviting compassion in. How do you invite compassion in so that you can honor yourself and hold some space for yourself as you figure it out? Because let's just be real. We all trying to figure it out. Nobody has it figured out to down to the team, maybe except for like Buddha and Jesus and like the greatest prophets of our time. Now they figured it out. But it's about inviting that compassion and how do we source having more compassion for ourselves so that we can allow ourselves the space to heal. But you can't do that unless you're really driving in the connections as to why you're reactive and what it looks like to respond. This is why a lot of the times we do need support. We need a guide or a coach or a therapist to help us recognize when we're making those patterns or we are reoccurring in those patterns. Usually you're so close to the problem. You're so close to the pattern that it's very, very hard to recognize. I know that me personally, I still meet with healers on a regular basis. I still meet with a therapist on a regular basis. I'm a big advocate for guidance. And the thing is, it's not that you're your coach or whoever you seek support in is your end all be all. They're not going to give you all the answers. They're there to help you see yourself that they're, they're here to guide you. We are here to show you what you may be missing because we get in our own way. 
we get in our own way all the time. And it's so, so discouraging when you've been through it in so many ways and you know that something isn't clicking and yet you still keep doing it. And it's like, what am I missing here? And usually that's when we seek help. That's when we're usually seeking help is when it's when it's too late and we're like far gone. And that's okay though. There's no right or wrong in that. It's just encouraging yourself to start this self-discovery process early when you feel discordance within yourself because the discordance within ourselves is just a like flag. It's like a flag waving itself like, hey, pay attention to me. I have something for you. It's really important. (laughs) And when we're repeating patterns and getting results that we don't like or that we don't necessarily want then that just goes to show you that the ego has a bigger play in it than than the true spirit does and that's that's what happens the ego is what keeps us safe the ego is part of our subconscious mind that tells our narratives um whatever we need to hear in order to stay in alignment with that safety net even if the safety net is i am not worthy even if the safety net is I am not enough. Even if the safety net is I am not deserving, right? The negative, the negative affirmative ways that we have created in our minds since little children is what really solidifies those, those ways that we behave. So understanding ourselves and having the goal to be responsive overreactive. When I think of reactivity, I think about myself as an inner child, like demanding attention, stomping her feet with her arms crossed. Have you guys seen that gif um, by with Tinkerbell? And she's like crossing her hands and she like is shaking her head and like all her fairy dust is like flying everywhere. Like that is me. Okay. Like you can ask my partner. That is me. When I get in my bratty mode and I'm like super in my wounded inner child I'm literally stomping my feet with my arms crossed and saying no I don't want to (laughs) I laugh at myself but it's true in the moment when you're you know being reactive in an argument it's not pretty and it's actually really embarrassing as a 35 year old almost 36 year old woman stomping her feet crying creating this tantrum like we don't have to take it to that extreme there is always a healthy way to deal with the emotion when you can identify what is causing it and when you can be fully responsible okay I'm not talking about taking responsibility because that ain't even enough y'all okay taking responsibility isn't being responsible Taking is just like a half-ass way of claiming something that is yours, right? No, we are in full responsibility mode of everything we generate and everything we create and everything that we do. And when you are responsible and solely put the emotion and the creation of what stands before you in your pocket, in your hands, when you claim it, the other person and the other people involved can't hold anything over you because you are owning it you are being in full responsibility you are fully responsible because yes there are different things in our life that have caused us to be certain ways look I again you know I grew up 
learning that codependency was okay. But does that give me the excuse to say, well, it's because they taught me that when I was young and that's it. I have, that's, that's all there is to it. No, no, no. It is, it is our mission here on this earth to have these human experiences so that we can then reconnect to the divine being. So we can connect to our higher self and understand that we're not separated. It's just in the human experience that we get away from that. It's about rediscovering who you are. This is why self-discovery work to me is just so important. It's so important. And this is like what we do in Yes Girl Thrive coaching program. It's a self-discovery academy that literally dives into this because that's what it's about. It's about rediscovering who you truly are. And let me tell you this, okay? The minute that you start to recognize these patterns, you start to have understanding, discovery, exploration, and awareness, then you really, really get to understand in my next step, step five, that self-love is all there is. This is what every prophet before us has talked about on a level of real, real, y'all, on a level of real, real. Love is is the answer to everything. You are either in lack of it or you're in abundance of it. That is it. It is, it is the ultimate everything. And self-love is giving oneself compassion, forgiveness, and kindness at the most ultimate level possible. And when you're operating from that point for yourself, it's then so easy to pour it into others. It comes naturally because that is all there is. And when you are in that place and you understand that your messiness is part of your journey, you then understand too that everybody else is going through the same thing. I don't know if you've ever gone to like a community event or you go to a party and maybe you don't know anybody, but then you end up talking to one person that just so happens to connect with you on so many different levels, right? Like you have similar interests, you've been through similar things. And let me tell you, when you get into work of self-discovery, when you start meeting people, then you guys start getting deep and you start talking about trauma right off the bat. Like the vulnerability is so real when you step into the space because people understand it's not just about the superficialness of like what's your favorite color you know what's your favorite subject in school or you know what's your favorite food although those are all fun things to know about the other person but when you get into the levels of depth and you really under start understanding yourself you then crave it from other people because it's almost like a high to feel like you belong in a community that is messy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's like when you hear someone going through something tragic that you've been through, there's a reason why we're drawn to pain. There's a reason why we're drawn to struggle. But a lot of us mismanage it and we speak about it in a negative way that doesn't help us elevate. And not to say that you can't have negative emotions and be outrageously like emotional, right? That's like, that's a part of it. But it's about understanding how to regulate it and being aware of it as an observer, becoming the witness of what you're going through, not allowing it to become you. Because when we say things like, I am upset, I am mad, I am frustrated, I am sad, right? Those I am statements are so powerful. And we invite the affirmation statements in. So instead of becoming the emotion, we are separated from that. The beingness of who we are knows nothing but love. So when you invite 
the separation between you and the emotion so you don't become the emotion, but you allow it to be the feeling of the experience that you're having. So instead of saying, I am whatever emotion, replace it with whatever you feel, you replace it with, I feel blank. I feel happy. I feel upset. I feel frustrated, right? All those things I feel because then it becomes a separation from who you are. I am is the all beingness. I am right? This is why affirmations are so strong. And the, and the subconscious hears the I am. It adheres to the I am. And so understanding that really helps you go back to the self-understanding of creating a response over reactivity. And that is just so beautiful. So again, let's go back self-love. Self-love comes from a place where it is like true and true you. And when it is emanated and tapped into, there is nothing else that penetrates it because it is the strongest, the most powerful human emotion that we can have, the way of being to be. Um, so self, uh, number six, step six is self-transformation. Now, I promise you that once you get from step one to five, you'll just cycle it over and over again with different specific patterns, behaviors, and reactivities that you have throughout your life. You'll just keep reprocessing. And even when you think you're over it, even when you think you've healed it, something comes along to remind you there is a trigger that happens that sends you a message that, hey, maybe you're not necessarily over this the way that you thought you were, or maybe you haven't necessarily healed this place of yourself that you thought you were. And that's okay. It's perfect to be there. It's absolutely perfect to be there. So six is self-transformation and it's reaching a deep understanding of your highest self. Look, when you start to create a, a wonderful collaborative pa pattern with yourself, uh, behavior with yourself, it really, you start to transform. Transformation is undeniable when you are creating a new version of yourself, when you're understanding yourself on a level that nobody else can understand you. And the only person that has those answers is you. There is nobody else in this world that can get there except you. This is why for me, religion can be tricky. Organized religion can be tricky because a lot of the times younger kids will take on their beliefs of their parents instead of figuring out what that is for themselves. And then they go through uh, an entire identity crisis because they're like, well, I was told this is what I needed to believe. Yet it's not what I believe. But am I allowed to do that? Because I was taught that it'd be wrong if I did right? Instead of just allowing humans to have that experience. And faith is important. Faith is so important because to have faith means to trust the unknown. And it's in the unknown when you surrender to it that you find peace. <laughs> and so there's really something beautiful to be taught in organized religion and to be taken away from it. But when it drives you in a way that steals you from discovering your own experience, that's when it can get very tricky, right? So self-transformation happens when you allow yourself to connect to you and you start doing the little simplest things to create a new version of how you see yourself, of who you really are. So that's self-transformation. And the last is achieving full self-mastery is when you obtain the most honest radiating form of your being and knowing yourself fully. That's it. 
That's it. When you are in the work of transformation, you have become a master of your own life because then you are managing and controlling your responses. You are in control of your emotions. And y'all, that is true power of being the masterful creator that you were sent to be on this earth. Somewhere divinely, if you believe in reincarnation, you decided that I'm going to go back to the earth, forget everything I know about being connected and in divine alignment with the truest, highest version of myself, which is oneness. And I'm going to have this human experience. So you forget everything you know about it and you live this life. You choose to live this life. And then from it, it emerges the entire experience of what it means to be human. And we are such dynamic, emotional, beautiful beings. And you miss out so much of this human experience when you don't allow yourself to explore the juiciness that it has to offer you. And so with that, I want to leave you there. I want to leave you there, okay? I'll go over these uh, seven ways to achieving self-mastery again. Again, that's self-awareness, self-exploration, self-discovery, self-understanding, self-love, self-transformation, ultimately finding yourself in self-mastery. Now, this is not linear because healing is not linear, y'all. It is messy as fuck, okay? It is messy. And you'll get to a point where you realize that it's beautifully messy and all of it is so purposeful because there's not one thing that has happened in your life, good or bad. I know there are some tragic things that we as humans have gone through and I'm not discrediting the trauma that you have faced but when you choose to rise above it and see how it has transformed your life you can use it to help somebody else that may be struggling that may have gone through the same thing you've gone through and you don't have to do it on a big platform you don't have to go and talk in big symposiums or write a book sometimes it's just about opening up to the person checking you out at the grocery store sometimes it's just you opening up to your neighbor that you've lived next to for 15 years and have never said hi to you know like it's just simple connections like that that you allow yourself to step into the courage And next to fear, because all that shit is scary. This whole level of work is scary. But it's allowing yourself to go there and allowing yourself to be in that space that you start to really generate something really beautiful for yourself and those around you. I have been in this work not very long. (laughs) Not very long at all. It has only been maybe a good decade that I've been fully submerged in the work. And even with that, it's like I have made so many mistakes, so many mistakes, but not one mistake was a misstep into where I needed to be today. And that only comes with the grace 
that only comes with, again, knowing yourself so well. And I'm still learning so much about myself every day. And for those of you that are in the work and just listening to this for self-confirmation, like, you know, and for those of you who are interested, reach out, reach out. You can reach out to me in the DMs on Instagram at lifecoach underscore yesgirlthrive. You can email me at yesgirlthrive.com. Oh, I'm sorry. You can email me at yesgirlthrive at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's so many resources out there for you to get plugged in to this work into, and I, I hate to call it work because it sounds like, uh, so much work, right? Like work sounds like so negative sometimes, but it, it, it's just being in this discovery mode of becoming the best version of yourself. And that sounds so cheesy, but it is really, really true. And I'm, I'm telling you, once you step into to this space, into this light, you start attracting individuals who are in the same realm, in the same community as you. And then you start building. And then it's like endless from there. And everything is a mirrored attraction of who you are. So take a look around you. What do you want for yourself? How you have you ever visualized that? I'll tell you right now with one of my clients, I asked her to tell me what her vision of herself was and she automatically went to how she can help everybody else. It wasn't even about her. So many of us don't even know how it feels or what it looks like to put ourselves first because we're so taught to do and take care of other people around us. So I invite you to just look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself, I love you and see what comes up. Because sometimes even that is enough to tell you. Because if you're really uncomfortable with that, there is a message there for you. There is a message there for you. And that is where you start this whole journey of discovering your true self, your true you. Because when you step into that, when you finally see, it's then that you're really free. Mm, that was good. I'm going to just drop the mic right there because that was fire. <laughs> and this is all channeled, y'all. Like, I didn't have much of this planned except for knowing what the seven steps were that I have created in the Yes Girl Thrive uh, coaching program for the Self-Discovery Academy. I mean, all of this was just pure channeling and you get to that space. You're, you get to that space where you're just so in tune that it just flows. And I invite you to do that. I really want that for everybody. We all deserve to be in that space and we all deserve to lift each other up because here's the thing. There's enough room for all of us. There is enough room. There's enough room. <laughs> Oh, so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, the gratitude from my heart just exudes eons and eons and eons of light years for you. Just taking the time to spend with me, to listen, to give a damn about what I have to say, right? I just know that it matters to me. So if you resonated with anything I said in this podcast or any of the previous episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment, drop a rating, subscribe, follow, and share. The more that you share when something really resonates with you, the bigger 
and the larger I can reach other people who are in search of this work. And the thing is, if someone came to your heart during this podcast, chances are they need to hear something that I have to say in this podcast. It's their spirit. I am not, it is not coming from Christina Garcia here. This is pure divine spirit that's speaking right now through me. I'm just the vessel. I'm just the vessel. And so again, if someone came into your heart, invite them in, invite them into the space and have a discussion. Start the discussion with the person that you connected with intuitively in your heart during this message and I promise you it will be magical (laughs) and I want to hear about it so you make sure you let me know what that is so again guys you can find me on instagram at lifecoach underscore yes girl thrive you can email me at yes girl thrive at gmail.com and you can also find me on my website www.yesgirlthrive.com I'm also present on tiktok so you guys can't hide from me. If you want to find me, you will find me. I promise. I love connecting with you guys. I love sharing time with you. I love doing these podcasts and channeling for you and just sharing what wealth of knowledge that I have gathered in my small time on this earth. And it is literally my sole mission to help people heal themselves and discover who they are so they can contribute to the greatness that they were born to put on this earth period (laughs) can i get a yes girl all right (laughs) so as always y'all be great vibe high and i will catch you on the next episode bye